0: Global from Asia, episode 225. Miles, say robot.
1: Robot.
0: Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now, your host, Michael Michelini. Miles, that's good. You're not shy. He's drawing a cool robot on my notebook right now. Miles, you like robots? (laughs) <laughs> Plan we're going to have a birthday party for you too, right? Who you want to come to your birthday party?
1: Spider-Man.
0: Sp- birthday. Spider-Man. I might have to dress up as Spider-Man for Miles' birthday. Four years old. That's crazy, huh? I remember when he was born before this podcast was online. And the birthday for Global From Asia is October. Be five years old. It's a little bit older than Miles. And I hope you guys are enjoying this show. We're at episode 225 of the interview series. If you count together the e-commerce gladiator or the e-commerce series, that's another 30 or so shows. So we're getting up there in the numbers. But we did slow down to four a month now. I don't know if you guys enjoy that or not. I know some people have been emailing me that I've got to focus on quality over quantity and and, uh, less is more. So thanks, everybody, for the feedback. We're going to try the four-a-month set. So this week is our interview series. Uh, We have the pleasure of having on us a longtime listener. He's been with us listening and engaging with me since early days. Dwayne Jeffries from Austin Found It. And he, uh, he remembers when we were just a basic podcast for Hong Kong business. Back, I don't know, I think 2013 or so. And he comes on. We, we he came, He's came. he been supporting us with coming to these um, events we've been putting together. He was at the Cross Border Matchmaker in October. And he came out to Cross Border Summit this past April. And while he was here in China, we got to sit down together and uh, record his podcast. He's He's got a really cool business where he looks into the future trends for products and talks to big... <laughs> Oh, yeah, good robot, Miles. He gets to talk to big brand retailers and distributors in the U.S. about what's coming up the pipeline. So, some of his stuff is confidential, but he gives quite a good insights on some trends to look for. So... I titled this, you know, Finding Some Trends in Your Import-Export or E-Commerce Business. I know a lot of us are Amazon sellers or E-Commerce sellers, and we look at the past trends, but he also gives us some ideas to think about future trends to stay ahead of the curve, while maybe the search volume might not be there yet. If we're ahead of the curve, we can be one of the first ones, which I think is always an advantage if possible. So let's tune in, and as always, show notes are at globalfromasia.com episode 225. Miles, say robot. All Alright, let's tune in Love Global From Asia and want to get even more? Then check out our members only area at gfavip.com Here you'll get insights and access to me as well as other members in our private forum As well as a ton of other valuable knowledge and information As well as special connections, monthly calls, insights, discounts on products, services and events And more Plus, it really helps support the show. Check it out at www.gfavip.com. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to our Global From Asia podcast. We're here in the studio office in Futian District of Shenzhen. And we have with us uh, a listener for many years, right? Yeah, Dwayne. You said you were, We talked at the summit. You, thanks again for coming to the your second uh, second event for us. Uh, it was amazing.
1: Port. Yes, I, uh, I love it. Lots of
0: information. Yeah, too much. We that's, we are content people here. But he uh, says Dwayne Jeff- Jeffries, the founder CEO of Austin Found, which is a design discovery and deliver service, and. Yeah, we. I'm uh, excited to get you on on today. We're going to talk about micro macro trends in in
1: products and e-commerce. Would you say is it yeah. right? Yeah, basically how uh, the macro uh, undercurrent affects the micro trend, and then how to you know quickly look at those, and then maybe even translate those into products. I think uh, it's really important that if you're not looking at trends and you're only just analyzing spreadsheets, um, it's important to be studying some of the trends so that you can know where things are going and, mm. and jump out in front of them instead of always chasing them true true
0: which is a little bit different than these amazon sellers i think amazon sellers are excel experts and uh, data experts or at least that's what a lot of the, probably even talked about the summit i don't want to point anybody out but i think a lot of people say look at the the data of of the sales but i think that's a that's looking backwards right so today
1: we're looking more forward yes yes actually we're we're looking at um geopolitical we're looking at cultural shifts we're looking at a lot of different things and and all of those things combine into creating a full-blown trend and um that's kind of the goal of what we're trying to trying to discuss here
0: great and the website's austinfoundit.com that's right and you, you you basically seem to do everything from for the trends right so you have design source sale and service and started in 2007 and you work with a lot of major u.s retailers for brick and mortar as well as e-commerce and um but you said before recorded and uh, i'm excited to hear the story it actually started in 2002
1: yeah so um I was working for a different company at the time, and I had this idea to start a company uh, because I was continually being approached by several of my customers with these large promotional opportunities, you know, sourcing opportunities. And this is in 2002, and I'm a young kid, basically. I'm in my early 20s, uh, living in a tiny house, no kids yet, and looking at the opportunity. And I, I think the... You know, the opportunities can be enticing, that's for sure. So I had an opportunity, and uh, one of my customers came to me. She said, hey, look, I want to do this logo sling chair, and uh, I'm going to put our logo on it. I'm going to order five 5,000 units. We agreed on the cost. I sourced it. Through some guy in Boca Raton, okay, <laughs> not even in China, and uh, th- this, uh, this was around, actually, uh, I say 2002, so this must have been in 2001, I take it back, because September 11th hit, okay, Ouch. and yeah. that's when I was supposed to be delivering the product, and evidently, I guess the ports got locked down, mm-hmm. and the guy that I sourced from... Called me and said, hey, FYI, uh, Customs isn't going to release the shipment. You know, our freights went up, and uh, you have to pay an extra $4,000 to be able to get the shipment released. Well, I mean, I wasn't even making $4,000 profit on this whole shipment. And I had to go and talk to my customer. She's like, I'm going to lose my job. Anyways, I, I called and negotiated with the supplier. I said, Hey, look, I'm not making a thing on this. I really need you to step up here and help me get this thing delivered. So, anyways, the customer ended up paying a little bit extra to get the product delivered. It was a wild success, but that experience alone terrified me, yeah. kind of shell shocked me. And, you know, I basically retracted. Um, into just my current job and not doing any more sourcing products uh, or projects for like about five years and so in 2007 i started to uh, kind of diversify and started austin found full bore and never looked back and it's been an incredible journey
0: very cool yeah i mean listeners might have heard some of my stories in the past uh i had a horrible nightmare like that i lost a couple days sleep uh quality control problem but yeah i mean i think the most important is we get back in the game and you got back in 07 and yeah we've both been in in the game for quite some time and we've seen it change quite a bit so we're talking about again another thing before the show recording was amazon's kind of taken over google from product search and you know, what, how would you say the trends are? what, well, what do you think that, you know, that happened?
1: Uh, what's interesting is, you know, you talk about things evolving, right? And it's those companies that look at the patterns and see an opportunity and actually react to those opportunities. There's a lot of companies that see the patterns mm-hmm. and then they make, um, kind of an assumption or the comment is, uh, oh, you know, it's not really going to affect us, right? It's not really going to affect us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's not the case. I mean, Amazon is very progressive uh, and very aggressive in their approach to business in general. You know, we were searching for product on Google back in the day. And all these other places, right, you go to Yahoo, we check an email on AOL. I mean, it was kind of a crazy setup. Now, 71% of all product search starts with Amazon. Now, this comes out of a conversation that I had at Amazon Corporate, okay? So... Back in June of 17, uh, and actually, even probably about 60 to 90 days prior to that, Amazon really had an aggressive push to opus, opening up their Amazon business, you know, business to business side of their, 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 their uh, that business unit, I guess, and uh, met with a new buyer. And this new buyer, probably in his 30s, uh, came over from a couple other big retailers, Staples, uh, Walmart. I think he even worked at CVS at one point in time. And we were talking back to school at that time. And I did a ton of actual trend research, Mm -hmm. um, as it relates to, you know, icons and colors and the trend curve and where things were going and, uh, where they were going to end up. Had a great meeting. It was, it was a fantastic meeting, but we didn't get a chance to go over the trends. And I said, Hey, you know, let's just take like two, three minutes. Maybe we could just flip through this deck. You can kind of tell me some things you want me to really focus in on. He's like, Dwayne, you know, we don't, we don't look at trend decks anymore. I said, what what do you mean? He said, man, we just, we go where the data tells us. Hmm. He said, 71% of product searches are starting on Amazon. He said, our data capabilities are bar none, like nobody can compete. And it tells us where to go, Hmm. when to go, when to get in, when to get out. Hmm. So, and this is really kind of the, that was another shocking moment for me. I mean, obviously a lot of the data companies have a huge advantage over just, you know, kind of the single individual. Uh, crunching numbers on a spreadsheet, um, that's why I think there's a lot of really cool tools out there that you can use to give yourself some leverage, and it's critical to do that, so
0: yeah, I mean, that's interesting. so trends so that trends could i guess it could come from the data. I think it might show more about the ending of a trend in the beginning. I guess you can also see some new search volume picking up,
1: yeah, so take for example, let's just say. Mm, You know, we we looked through our trend deck a little bit prior to the show. We're going to be reviewing some of those. It's going to be really exciting. But one of them, you know, we were talking about like this whole trend of age defying, right? You're Mm -hmm. trying to defy age. Um, Both guys and gals are are using those facial masks and age defiers and just a bunch of crazy stuff. Well, let's just say, you know, probably a few years ago, that wasn't such a big component, right? It it wasn't so popular, but now it's becoming mainstream. I mean, you're getting tons, tons of people in your Instagram feed, putting those crazy looking like Uh, Night of the living dead, yeah, clear like, masks, your you know, skin's falling off, uh, looks, you know, and everybody's Instagramming this stuff. And what's happening is people are seeing that and they're like, oh my gosh, she, I follow that gal and she looks so incredible. I'm going to, and then boom, there you go. These crazy search, search, uh, Aztec uh, clay masks, right? Yeah. Uh, detox masks and black charcoal masks. That's like the big thing now, the, the whole black charcoal mask. And... um so Amazon starts seeing this uptick, and then you're just reading that as a blip on the radar, mm. right? And then let's just say today it's a blip at 10. Tomorrow it's a blip at 1,000. Mm. Or let's just say it's a blip at 100. But those those product searches, instantly there's an algorithm that tells you, oh, this, is, this has the potential to catch fire. And then once they see that it has the potential to catch fire, they're, but they're, they're already so far in front of it mm. with their infrastructure that they can read and react to it. And that's what I'm trying to help some of our listeners think about. So,
0: yeah, so yeah, we have a deck in front of us, and yeah, there's so many cool things. I mean, this is a pretty cool business you're in. So, you're you're showing this
1: deck normally to to big brands. Is that normally how this works? Well, normally it's just to raise awareness, more, okay. more so than anything else. But yeah, uh, companies we'll go sit down with retailers, you know, like uh, a Hobby Lobby or a Cracker Barrel or a Tractor Supply or Bass Pro Shops or could be even a you know Walmart, Target, Kirklands, whoever it might be, XYZ, uh, US retailer, and and a lot of times they'll be giving us their directives, right? It's their icons, their Pantone colors. These are kind of the products that we're looking for. But on the proactive side, we approach it from these are some of the micro trends that are springing out of some of this macro undercurrent. Not fads, not here today, gone tomorrow, okay, but some lasting lasting trends that you can anchor to and start developing product around. And so we'll show them how they can create some of these experiences in their store and how they can start developing with these types of trends in mind.
0: Nice. Yeah, so we shortlisted because there was quite a few, so... Just, so how do you, how would do this? So I'll just like list the it to, to item and then we'll sure. talk about yeah. it. So actually I wrote it really quick on a piece of paper wearable, but it's not even, it is, you call it tech hidden in plain sight. Right. So, you know, so, I'm wearing i I'm wearing a sleep tracker on me. Um And how's it working out for you? Are you getting a lot of good sleep? I've been, especially after the summit, I've got some spikes in deep sleep and a uh, longer longer than normal amount of sleep
1: rem sustains yeah. that's for sure
0: yeah i mean it's got the heart rate too which is cool and uh, but yeah of course people see it and my kids think it's a watch i guess it does have a time on it but i don't really want to wear it i don't want don't really care if people see it so i guess this trend is something like this that people can't see
1: yeah so so basically you know we've gotten so used to tech being a part of us and actually this is springing out of a bigger, a bigger trend. Okay. And the bigger trend is um, we're going digital uh, is actually going to start to be integrated into our bodies, right? Implanted under the skin, uh, the whole like, you know, cyborg stuff. Okay. But until that day comes, you have this micro trend, which is this kind of tech head in plain sight. So what we're looking at is, uh, you know, earbuds. Now, um, Wireless earbuds, 18-hour battery life. Uh, This is a product that comes from third, I can't see it, well, third skin. And uh, what it is, I think it's hidden right behind your ears. So you Mm. can't really see it at all. So long battery life. I think the goal is, with this particular product, is that it's hidden behind your ears and it doesn't interfere with your actual hearing. You know, when you've got your earbuds or your Beats on or whatever it might be, you can't really hear what's going on outside. Well, this is a kind of a twofold practical purpose. Um, I've seen some really unique things at several tech shows where they're using a bone vibration technology. Yeah. Have you ever seen uh, like I've, I've
0: seen some it's like a hat you wear and it somehow sends stuff through your through your skull. Yeah.
1: So, so, um, I've, I've seen some that are like these Bluetooth dots that are the color of your skin and they place right behind your ear and it vibrates and the vibration translates into sound. It's vibrating through your bone, through your skull. It's pretty cool. Um, I've even seen some that have the ability to pick up you talking. So it's, you remember the old, what is it, Jabra or Jawbone? Yeah. Like the crazy big beefy battery thing mm-hmm. with the crazy little stubby mic. <laughs> and I mean, we've come a long way since then. So uh, this is an amazing uh, trend, something that people need to be looking out for. And when you're developing tech products, or even if you're an Amazon seller and you're looking to create a you know branded product or even white label, uh, private label your own product, these are the types of things that you need to be looking at. It needs to have a practical function and it needs to really help uh, the end user with convenience because yeah. that's what everybody expects right now. Right. I mean, we get irritated if we can go if we go in anywhere and we can't have Wi-Fi yeah. like it's irritating. It's mind or if the Wi-Fi is too slow. We were staying at a hotel, and it's supposed to be five-star, and it's fantastic, and you're here in China. Mm-hmm. And the, the Wi-Fi is creeping insane. along. I mean, it, it makes people crazy because they've grown accustomed to convenience, digital convenience. And so the more convenient you can make your digital products, the more you can sell, right? Because when something's convenient, I'm going to tell you about it, you're going to tell your friend about it, and it's that kind of community of Uh, Discussing what's what's popular and and, and what does well that creates a viral product. So
0: Hmm. makes sense And then there's a quick one with the bras like obviously it's up against your chest. So it's heart Heart monitoring,
1: right? It's, it's, it's monitoring uh, just like a Fitbit basically. And it's monitoring, um, your, your heart rate. It's monitored. It, it has the same ability to be able to, um, just like your tracker, you know, track your steps, uh, track your calories, etc. So, you know, it's a, it, it, it's amazing what happens, uh, with, with a lot of these different things, earrings, necklaces that are, are Fitbit trackers. Mm. Um, uh, cooking tables that are digital. I mean, we've seen this on some of the some of the shows, and even probably in like Minority Report, right? These <laughs> crazy things, but they're really starting to kind of come true. It's Very pretty cool. amazing. Very so.
0: cool. So, fitcation.
1: Yeah, fitcation is a uh, is is a micro trend born out of the wellness movement. Okay, and it's kind of uh, two trends. Kind of a two trend mashup, right? So what you have is you've got a lot of millennials that are wanting to go on vacation, but they want it to be this experiential vacation, right? Not only do they want it to be experiential, but they want it to be Instagrammable, right? And what better way to ride on a boat where you can work out, do yoga classes, and totally get away, right? On a fitcation, and and actually this this trend I've seen, and there's so many I've had so many friends that are like going to Hawaii into these this also plays on the wellness right it's it's connecting with your spirit it's it's connecting with uh your center i guess of sorts so you're your're you're merging wellness and being fit. I mean, because yoga, I, I think your wife also does yoga. Yeah, she isn't you know, it's, that. it's, uh, it's an impressive thing. I mean, I can't do any of those poses. I can, I can guarantee I, uh, you that. I, I so. did hot
0: yoga once. It was ugly. I, I didn't listen about the don't eat before. And, uh, Oh man,
1: it was rough. <laughs> yeah. Hot yoga, man. And I've, I've got another friend that does some crazy yoga stuff and it's, it's over the top, but nice. I think looking at some of those trends, you can develop, uh, assortments out of that, right? The wellness movement. There's so many different she's, products. Yeah,
0: she's planning trips to Malaysia now or something with to do a, yoga. To do a retreat, yeah. right?
1: To find your center, to find your balance, to find your heart so that you can move in your direction, right? Or the way you want to go. And they're, those people are serious, right? They're serious about their yoga pants. They're serious about their printed uh, yoga mats, and they don't want to have one that looks like uh, someone else right so there's a personalization twist so you take a trend of personalization wellness and fitcation and you mash those up the more trends that you can put together the more micro trends you can mash up the more it's kind of like a hashtag right the more people that you can you can capture with that trend right it's not so tiny it's it's a little bit more broad so yeah pretty amazing nice
0: Are you looking for a Hong Kong agency to help you with your upkeep or registration of a Hong Kong Limited? Check out Unipro Consulting Limited. We are an equity partner in the firm, which is a local CPA practice that has accreditation to register and upkeep your Hong Kong company. Check us out on the web at www.uniprohk.com, www.uniprohk.com. And another one is augmented reality. Which yes, I, you have it on on your deck as augmented package. Um, you know, we we showed some VR factory tours at the show uh, at the summit. I don't know if you got a chance to see it or not, but I mean, yeah, go for it. We're trying to keep a, on top of the trends. I I uh, I think it's a new medium, right? Is I that, think
1: that is an amazing on-trend way. I'm shocked that other. Big e-commerce giants have not got in the game, and maybe they have, but I think the ability to do a factory tour from your home office anywhere in the world is amazing and it wasn't until the last probably two to three years uh, with frame rates and resolution and some of the 4k camera quality that you would actually get any usefulness out of uh, you know a factory tour that was virtual uh but now with uh, google glass and some of the other uh vr you know oculus the things that you can do it's amazing it really is i think augmented reality and also virtual reality there's so many ways that have been completely untapped uh in the market now i i went to um a, a conference and they were, they had, uh, like you could take your phone's camera and you could shine it on, uh, like this pattern. Okay. It was almost, it was a little bit gamified, right? So you take your phone, you shine it on this pattern that's on a billboard and instantly it created this 3d, uh, effect that was somewhat interactive. And this is that whole augmented reality kind of coming to play, right? Where a child maybe is reading the book, right? Kids now at, Two, can navigate an iPad, an iPhone, play any game that they want for the most part. I mean, like, how did you remember my passcode? And and, I mean, they're two years old. It's crazy. They're really, like, tech has become only an extension of themselves. So they're reading books now. People are creating books where kids flip the pages and you just uh, use the camera to look at the page. And it creates a 3D shape either on your phone that you can interact with, that you can color. I mean that's all part of this augmented reality. Crayola started doing some of it in arts and crafts, and they've had. I think the experience needs to be a little bit better for it to catch fire. But it's very close. It's getting very close, and I think once it's a little bit more seamless, that's when it'll catch fire. Right now, it's not as seamless as it as it should be.
0: All right, minimalism. This is something I'm 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 a fan of. I try to I try to although I'm married with kids, so I have stuff everywhere. Um, it's not my own personal stuff, but
1: what is leveraged minimalism? So, so basically what, uh, what's happening is, so startups, instead of trying to look like big brands, they're embracing the fact that they're homegrown, right? That they're scrappers, that they're living on heart, right? And the whole idea is that instead of making these crazy, expensive, flamboyant packages, to display and sell your products, you keep it lean you keep it minimal you keep it like it's almost a uh, a little bit retro but when you think of minimalism right it's it's less is more mm. and that's the truth right I think and any designer in some cases will tell you that yeah less is more right because you can quickly get to some of the visual triggers you can instantly see what the message is because it's not cluttered up with a bunch of crazy uh, patterns or crazy looking insane fonts. So minimalism is about embracing you as a startup Mm. and just keeping it raw, right? Because this is also playing on another trend. And the other trend is that Gen Z, hands down, one of the, the main things that they appreciate when they're buying products from another individual is authenticity, right? It's all about how authentic is this brand, right? How true to form, and, and the same with the creator, right? If you're out creating product, you need to be true to form because authenticity, authenticity resonates. You know, it's it's who we are. It's our essence. It's easy for us to sell out of who we are, and that's why I think it's really important. You know, if you're an Amazon seller, if you're a new startup, if you're doing sourcing, if you're producing products for anyone, you need to be producing the types of products that you love because at the end of the day, if you're doing what you love, it's not really work. So the goal is to do what you love so it doesn't feel like a grind, okay? And that's, that's all part of leverage minimalism. So, got it, all right. Yeah, keep there. it basic. Keep it simple.
0: Clean and simple. And uh, I don't know, I feel like it's similar, but... Well, maybe as a minimalist, you might want to do the next one, which is living in a box. Yeah. More simplified <laughs> life. And lifestyle.
1: we're not talking about living in a cardboard box, per se. <laughs> but what we're talking about is kind of a modular lifestyle, right? So, you know, many retailers, like in Ikea, for example, or even uh, lots of Amazon sellers, are having a, a lot of success in creating what I would consider combos, right? Kits. Creating kits. Well, if you take that trend of a subscription box or creating a kit and you leverage it on a large scale, a there the you box, go. Yeah. Now you've got a house in a box, right? So you, you basically, instead of, you know, in, in the past, you look at modular living and you think like trailers, trailer parks, right? I mean, you have a bad kind of association to what modular living really is, but it's not any of that now. I mean, container living is so cool right now. There's tons of pop-up shops that are, are being produced out of containers. They're stacking containers. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. So right now, I mean, we're talking Nashville, Tennessee, who would have thought (laughs) they're doing tons of like container stack uh, housing. Nice. And um, that's a part of creating kind of a modular living. What's important about it is the fact that, you know, most millennials are not settling down. They want to move around. Uh, Another good thing is for some of the share economy, like Airbnb, there's tons of investors that are investing into these nomadic type modular housing to create additional sources of revenue, and it's perfect. I mean, I, I've seen some crazy ABB stuff out there. I mean, really, really crazy stuff. Containers again being rented out overnight. Tree houses. I've seen uh, in Phoenix crashed uh, planes, parts of of planes. Right, like it's it's a hang or uh, a few uh, uh, airplane here. Yeah. yeah. Or it's actually, no, like, think a plane crashed, and you its tail, its tail is sticking out of the, the desert. And inside of that is, uh, is a bedroom and a bathroom, and you can rent that place for, you know, 60 bucks a night or something. <laughs> it's crazy. It's really crazy. But, um, again, millennials are looking for an experience. They're looking for something that's Instagrammable. What's not Instagrammable about a crashed plane and spending it, spending the night in it overnight, you know? Interesting. So, yeah, it's all about sharing. I wouldn't say that that's modular per se, but, again, c- container living is modular, and, and you have to understand that kidding some of these things, creating some very simplified, easy ways for someone to say, okay, yeah, I want that, that's the trend that you're focusing on, the convenience piece of it, and that's what's convenient about modular living.
0: Makes sense and then here this is for the asia life i mean co-family connections i think you know we're here in my workspace just probably some kids noise and grandparents in the background but i'm I'm embracing the asia lifestyle but you're saying this co-family is going mainstream
1: yes it's it's uh it's a huge global trend right now and um you know in Asia, it's common where you know you you marry your wife, you have children, and then, as you really start to get into the wheel of your career uh your mother in law and father in law or your mom and dad come live with you and and help out and I guess you are also helping them out so it's a you know it's a circle relationship there yeah. right and in a lot of hispanic cultures, this is commonplace right. It's common for grandma and grandpa to live with their son and daughter, and it's common for brothers and sisters just to be possibly in the same house or just in the house next door. This is very common. So what you're having is you're having a lot of microtrends kind of micro trends, um, converge here. What you're having is uh, disposable income, right? Uh, millennials are going to college. Uh, they believe that if they went and got a fantastic bachelor's degree or even a master's, or uh, you know, they're still pursuing their doctorate, that uh, that at the end of the day, they would get out and there would be this incredible job waiting for them. But the reality is there's not really an incredible job waiting. And so expenses are going up, and even housing is going up. So you have Gen X. Okay, I'm a Gen Xer. Um, you're probably a millennial, I think. Uh, 81. 81. Yeah, you're a millennial. Just barely. Barely. (laughs) Um, So Gen X uh, boomers, their parents, boomers, are moving in with Gen Xers, okay, so that Gen Xers can take care of their parents as they age. But what's happening is brother and sister, millennial, uh, got out of college and haven't been able to find a job, and they're a little bit nomadic. So they're also moving in. So you're creating kind of this this, uh, kind of co-family abode. I don't really think it's a bad thing. I actually believe that this is a, a really cool trend that will help families get back to what really matters. Um, and at the end of the day, what is that? That's that's family. That's connection. Uh, you know, it's sad that when we go out to restaurants and whatever, that we all just fall into our, our e-devices, our, our digital devices, and we disappear. We don't know how to have a conversation. We don't know how to ask someone how's your day uh, been going and actually be interested in hearing the response. So what this does is it allows families to move back in together. I've actually looked at this trend personally because my family, uh, my father, mother, they're aging. Mm. Uh, My in-laws are aging. Um, It just allows you to leverage your assets to live a life uh, that you can put your your money into things that are more important than just some big fancy house or a big fancy car
0: yeah I agree I mean while well, I live that life now it's funny because my western family doesn't seem to still embrace
1: this trend it's a tough one to to digest because I think a lot of boomers will say look I worked hard from you know I worked hard I'm not gonna move into your house and raise your kids mm-hmm. um, I think in some of the Asian Hispanic cultures um, the the grandparents look at it in a different light they say i want to move in with you and i want to be a part of helping you raise your kids it's an interesting it's an interesting trend yeah it's going to take a bit of time for i think the states to really adopt it full bore but it is it's a wave that's coming
0: i would i would agree with that each one of these points could be a Podcast, <laughs> A couple of more sensory retail.
1: Yeah. So sensory retail, it, this um, really stems from an experiential retail scenario. Right. So retail or brick and mortar, they're trying to create an in-store experience. Right, Uh, So I don't know if you've been following uh, the Toys R Us went bankrupt. I I heard. You know, it's kind of a bad scenario. I mean, retail dropping like flies. Why? Well, we talked about this a little bit earlier because they haven't adapted, right? They've done it the way that they've always done it. And they thought that it's okay. It's going to turn around. It's okay. It's going to turn around. It's not really going to turn around unless you address the customer's needs. You have to give the customer a reason to come shop at your store, right? Because it's so convenient right now to just order product on Amazon. So if I'm going to be inconvenienced, it better be worth my time, yeah. right? So uh, I don't know if you heard, but the Bratz, uh, the owner of Bratz, the brand, the little dolls, oh, Bratz. Yeah, yeah Bratz. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he put in an offer to buy Toys R Us, and it was you know, this kind of grand plan of, uh, like, think of miniature Walt Disney World's. All over, like Toys R Us becomes these little miniature experiential yeah. Walt Disney Worlds. Uh, it sounds like an incredible vision. Uh, toys R Us rejected his bid because he said it was too low. But I agree with the way that he is approaching looking at that uh, market. You have to create an experience. We're talking toys here. Who doesn't love toys? Mm-hmm. But why would you go into uh, a toy retailer that feels like a doctor's office? A warehouse. It's a warehouse. It's white. I remember, yeah. It's cold. Like, if you get on a bike or a skateboard or throw a football in there, you feel like you're doing something wrong. Yeah. It shouldn't be that way when you're selling toys. It should be like, uh, you know, Willy Wonka, right? I mean, it, experience it. That That's the beauty of that particular movie is that's an experiential setup right there.
0: The chocolate.
1: Yeah, yeah the chocolate the, factory. The golden
0: bars. Right. So, I still remember that. The
1: gobstoppers and, yeah. you know... Uh, oompa loompas and everything else so (laughs) nice
0: okay and then the last trend that we picked out of this many amazing ones is the team building which i I thought would be cool to end with too because you were mentioning yeah global from asia is a team in a way or a community and i'm obviously investing a lot in in the community here we just had a, a conference and uh, thinking actually right now it's still still fresh after conference i always think about the future so i'm, I'm curious to hear
1: some of this yeah so uh it's the conference was amazing it, you always have incredible speakers i really appreciate that i always feel like it's a great value um and you just meet incredible people um, mostly like-minded people. You know, we're all out there trying to build our miniature empires, exactly. right? Or build, um, build something or, or build a system where we can help others. You know, we can mentor others. We can help them find their way. I love the collaboration. I love the ability to connect. And it doesn't matter if somebody's doing, you know, 20, 50 million, 100 million on Amazon. They would talk to a a new guy who's just starting out and has no clue about what to sell or it's his first time in China. You know, Um, that's a huge divide. But this event brings those, those two pieces together and allows them to help each other, right? I think it gives that longtime Amazon seller uh, perspective, right? Because were, yeah, over the time, started. you know, it's been a grind and you're at the point where you are now, but to see the passion excitement from a new startup, a new entrepreneur, just on fire, unstoppable no fear, not afraid at all. I think that's an incredible thing. And and how this plays in with this kind of power pack team building is you're right. Global from Asia is a team of sorts. It's a community. Uh, we're all trying to help each other grow. And uh, what, what you're seeing in this particular trend about power pack team building is companies are investing in these types of events internally. And we're not talking about kind of the crazy audit events that every uh, social accountability audit, you know, picture posts on the factory walls of people (laughs) uh, doing the Toyota jump on the beach or, you know, like crazy, you know, crazy games and different things like that. I mean, that is a part of it, but really helping uh, companies are really trying to, from a retention standpoint, get into the heart Of their employees. Right. Instead of it's just like the idea of you can be replaced, replacing that idea with how can we help you find your center so that you will stay because we value you. It's kind of a different twist. And um, I think you all always have done an incredible job of taking that message and always telling the community that we value you. You know, it's a partnership. We appreciate you supporting us. We support you. We value you. And I think that's really what's, what's important here. You know, PowerPack team building is that these businesses are reiterating the fact that employees, we want to invest in you, in your growth. Because if you're happy at home and personally, then you'll do a better job at work.
0: Agreed on that. So, so that's the main ones. And... uh I got some ideas from that. Hopefully listeners did. So what's the recommendation? So should somebody like, like one of these and dive into this? Or should they apply these across their niche? Like say they're in a certain category on Amazon or near their products. Should they, you know, how should somebody digest all this, uh, all this uh, inspiration?
1: So kind of the call to action would be that... Um looking at your business. And you can look at it a couple different ways. I mean, like we talked at the beginning of the podcast, some people like to look at spreadsheets. I'm a very big-time visual guy, right? (laughs) Um, I strongly recommend um, doing Pinterest boards, um, especially on particular things that you're interested in. What you could do as you're tracking trends or trend reports, you can use keywords. Keywords, a lot of times, will also give you an idea of where a trend might be going. There's Uh, so many different sites out there uh that that offer trend research that you can buy some for free um you can follow them on instagram they're constantly posting incredible you know i think trend watching live is one trend hunter is one there there's many different sites out there where you can get as much information visually as you want then once you find a trend Especially one that resonates with you, something that you believe in, then you dig deep into that trend and you start developing product out of that trend. Cool. Um, that's the key. I, I think anytime you're developing product, especially product that you want to sell, it's just like Will. You know, I mean, it's oh, a perfect well, surely, example. Yeah. This is an incredible
0: example. I mean,
1: when you're I, talking I saw, about. We were
0: both laughing, he was like, yeah, wholesalers, I don't like talking to them.
1: Yeah, well, but you know. Uh, the, the beauty of, of Will's situation now is that you know he's able to develop a system and and product around something that he loves, Mm -hmm. UFC, you know, find that one thing and then dive into the trend because you will know it better than anyone else. I mean, Will is a perfect example of what can happen if you take something that you're passionate about and by luck in some form, fashion or way, and actually I would, I wouldn't say it's by luck. If you've met Will, you'll know he's an incredible worker. Uh, and, and he's incredibly persistent. So, um, I think his persistence in essence paid off right at the end of the day. Um, so I say find something that you love and, and start there. That trend will lead you to where you should be developing product. I love it. I love it. So thanks so much Dwayne and so
0: who do you, you work with big comp, I mean, we have some, there might be some listeners interested in working with you, how, how would they Yeah, work? so
1: if, uh, if you're interested in contacting me, uh, we do trend research um, in, in some cases, but most of the time we're doing trend research for the companies that we're developing product for uh, retail programs, both Omnichannel and, and Brick and Mortar. Um, you know, again, uh, if you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me at info, I-N-F-O at Austinfoundit. Dot com Not just Austin found. Actually, if you search Austin found, you'll see some crazy low budget movie out there, but oh, Austin found it.com. Um, I'm Dwayne. Uh, we can, you know, uh, delegate to our team and our team will reach out to you and we'll see maybe if, if there's a way that we could work together.
0: Very cool. Very cool. So, Thanks so much, Nick. We got some dinner planned next, and uh, I'm glad to have you back on this side of the world and, and hanging out. And It's cool. Enjoy your time back in, in Nashville. Absolutely. I appreciate it, buddy. Want to check out a factory experience in China in virtual reality? We are a pioneer here at Global From Asia doing a tour of a factory in China for you to browse and enjoy. It's a Eno Plus factory, a solar LED factory. You can check out multiple rooms. You don't even need a VR headset. You can do it on your web or on your mobile phone. Check it out at globalfromasia.com slash VR. VR for virtual reality. More to come soon. Thank you, Duane, for sharing. That was a fun time together. We had a Friday afternoon at the little home studio here in Shenzhen. And and then uh, thanks for treating me to some pretty awesome beef hot pot nearby. We had a fun talk and some deep conversations about the meaning of life and, uh, and different religions and amazing stuff futuristic thinking and open-minded thinking and i think that's what a lot of listeners here are all about is is uh keeping an open mind i think uh international business especially opens your mind if it's not already opened because you're going to be surrounded by different cultures and personalities and generations of people and i think one of the main things about succeeding is keeping uh open mind being flexible willing to learn and uh Like me, I had no idea he'd be here 10 plus years in China. And a kid on my lap drawing a robot. Miles, say robot. Robot. (laughs) Awesome. He's good at this. Good job, buddy. Yeah, so... And uh, planning a fourth year birthday party for Miles. Let's get Spider-Man. Daddy will be Spider-Man.
1: Spider-Man.
0: All right. Oh, boy. Maybe we'll get a picture in here. So... And then Global phrase will be five in October. So thank you, everybody, for hanging on all the way till the end. I always wonder if how many people last till the end of the show. It, uh, maybe you just forgot to turn the play button off or you're still driving and you, the next track didn't start yet. But, uh, you know, I try to add some fun stuff at the end. And uh, Miles is doing an amazing robot now. And uh, Miles, draw Spider-Man. All right. Enjoy the rest of your week or the rest of your day or rest of your evening wherever you are in the world whatever time of the year or the future you're listening to this. Take care. Best of luck. Bye-bye. Miles, say bye-bye. Bye-bye. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.